that he's in us. Hallelujah. Man. All right, we're going to continue our series on the power to overcome, but a little side one, the power to be quiet. All right, this is the last one. But it's good. Oh, my goodness. It should be the desire of all of our hearts to look like Jesus after we're born again. Um, but there is a process that we have to go through in order to become like him. Because uh, you're like me and I'm like you. And when we got saved, we didn't automatically start acting like Jesus, did we? We didn't start thinking like him, speaking like him. or anything. So it's a process that we have to go through in order to become like him. And he promises that we'll get through it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so I'm proposing to you as we've done this that there is a process of transformation that has to take place from us receiving the power of the Holy Spirit and us becoming like Jesus and being his witnesses. Because to be his witness means that we have to be with him. We have to become like him. And so there's the promise that we have to be transformed. Now, unfortunately, what some of us have come to conclude is that we can be transformed because the Holy Spirit's in us. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to be his witnesses, to be transformed, which means that we, if we're going to be transformed, we not only have to have the Holy Spirit, but then we have to begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because there's a lot of believers who aren't cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And they're living their own life and they're doing their own thing. And that's not what God has called us to. And that's not being transformed. Okay? So the Holy Spirit will begin to lead us and guide us. And so we have to cooperate in that. So we need to learn to hear His voice. We need to know what the Word of God says. And not make things up on our own. But know what it says. And then from there, we need to begin to put into practice what we've read. I remember years ago when I was a young believer and I had read the scripture where Jesus said, as you forgive others, that's how your heavenly father will forgive you. Well, then I had a choice. I had a decision I had to make because I'm thinking to myself, I'm in trouble. Because I, didn't, I hadn't forgiven my dad. And so I knew from that scripture that God wasn't forgiving me. So then I had to do something. I had to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and with that scripture. And I had to forgive my dad, whether I felt like it or not. Because, you know, there's a lot of believers living off their feelings. That's not what God has called us to. He's called us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and his word. So we have to hear it, but then we have to do it, as James said. We have to be doers of the word. Well, we become doers of the word when the Holy Spirit, because that was the Holy Spirit prompted me, hey, Richard, you're in trouble. You know, and I might be slow, but I'm, at least I get there. And so we have to be willing to do that and cooperate with him. And 
here's one of the things we have to realize that when the Holy Spirit is leading you, you can kind of tell that it's him because it's going to be contrary to the ways of the world. <laughs> oh, Lord, that was a good. Thank you, Alan, for that. Amen. But there should have been more. You see, the world says when you're wrong, you lash out. You take vengeance. You, you set a trap for them. You begin to plot in your own mind how you're going to fix this situation or how you're going to um, inflict pain on them because they inflict pain on you. That's what the world says, but that's not what God says. And so if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, we have to know that we're not going to be able to live like the world. And that's a good thing for us. And it's a good thing for the world too. Because the world wants to know how to get out of the mess that they're in, but they don't have the power. But see, when they see us giving ourselves to God and the work of the Holy Spirit in us and His Word, then we become that light to them. We become that hope to them. And, and so they hunger for God. And that brings us to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, which don't turn there. I'm sorry, turn to Proverbs 18. But we've looked at 1 Peter chapter 2.23 and it says this about Jesus. When He was reviled, He did not revile in return. See, that goes against the way of the world. When He suffered, He did not threaten. Again, that's a, a different than the way the world responds to, to trouble. But continued entrusting Himself to Him who judges justly. And I, I want to pick up on this word continued. But continued entrusting. That means that Jesus learned how to trust the Father in the little things. So that when the cross came, he would know, oh, wait a minute, I remember this, and the Father was faithful, the Father was with me, he's going to be with me through this. And that's the same way that we learn to trust God as well. It's in the little things. And then when the big times come, we're ready for them. And so if we're going to overcome, be overcomers, we have to know how to overcome. And part of that is learning to be like Christ, overcome like Christ did. And so there are times in our lives when just as Christ was quiet, we have to remain quiet. We have to be quiet. We have to get quiet. We have to whatever, you know, because our first response, because we are human, is we're not going to be in our right mind. We're going to want to react like our flesh wants us to react. But then, and if you do, just all you have to do is ask for forgiveness and stop. Stop and then ask for forgiveness. But then give yourself to God and, and okay, God, what do I do in this situation? And I promise you one of the first things he's going to tell you to do is be quiet. Just relax. He's got this. And if you're like me, it's not natural for us. It's not in me to be quiet when I'm wrong. When an injustice is happening to me. And so we have to learn how to be quiet. Okay? Here's the reason why. There are two sides to every story. There are two sides to every 
story. And it is not wise for us to make judgment based on our initial sight of the situation. Of our natural understanding of the situation. It's not good to base things on that. And that brings me to Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 17. Proverbs 18, 17. The one who states his case first seems right. Until the other comes and examines him. And so what he's saying is, is wait, be quiet, hear both sides of the story. Don't just hear one side of the story. Just wait. You need to hear the other side, too, because there's always two sides to every story, two sides to every coin, isn't there? And so wisdom says, don't just believe the first part. The first thing that you hear. And I want you to know that this scripture is true in the natural. But it's also true in the spiritual realm. We are the only creation that lives in both realms, in both worlds. The spiritual world and the natural world. We're the only ones that have a spirit, soul, and body. Okay? And God designed us like that so that we would touch heaven and earth simultaneously. We're able to live on this earth, but we're also citizens of heaven. Okay? And yet our final resting place will be there, but right now we get to tap into it. We get to allow that to be part of our life. Heaven on earth. It would be great if we could experience that more and more. I have said this, but I just want to remind you of it again. We are spiritual beings. In other words, we're eternal. That's our primary being is spiritual. Okay, we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. Your human experience is not going to last forever. You may feel like it is. It may act like it is. It may tell you that it's going to, but it's not. There's greater days ahead for all of us if we continue in the faith with God. And it doesn't matter what our situation is. The worst thing that can happen to you here on earth is you suffer, and maybe you're killed. Okay, well, how bad is that? You get to go to heaven then, immediately. And, you know, it's not wise to go before your time, but, you know, relax too. And so... The world needs to work on Proverbs 1870. You know, because the world makes judgment on a lot of things without hearing both sides of the story. All right? The world needs to do better on that. But, you know, 
us as believers, the church, we need to do better on that as well. As followers of Christ, we really need to get this truth down. And here's why it's so important for us to get it down. Because as believers, there's a spiritual aspect to our life that non-believers don't have. We have a God factor in our life that others don't have. And when we've given ourselves to Jesus Christ and we've placed our faith in Him, then God comes in the scene. And if you haven't figured this out, the way God works in the natural, in our lives, surely doesn't always make sense to us in the natural, but it makes perfect sense to God in the spiritual realm. And if we'll let Him, and if we will learn to be quiet and let Him work in us, we'll begin to see the spiritual aspect of what God is trying to do in us through the difficulties that we encounter. But our first inclination is, is to bristle up and get stiff neck and we're going to do this on our own, you know, we're going to... No, just relax. Let God help you. Because what is happening in our life, we have to understand that God has allowed it. He hasn't caused it, but He has allowed it because there's the God of this world, which is Satan, and He has a right to attack us. But God has a right now through Jesus Christ to undo what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. But part of our the undoing that God wants to do is we have to help him by being quiet. Man, I am loving this this morning because y'all are getting this. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter Isn't this exciting? Man. Out here at prayer last night, and I told him, I said, you need to pray for me that I can sleep tonight. I was so excited for this message. You see, God begins to use this truth to transform us and to allow this truth to transform us into Christ-likeness. When we exercise faith, when we go through injustices, when we are wronged and persecuted and all manner of evil is spoken against us and we stay quiet, that's when the transformation takes place. That's when you're beginning to walk in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. And so that transformation is taking place. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we have to see that God is working in us against our ways, against our understanding in the natural. And so that's why it's so important for us to stay quiet when we encounter things. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to read the whole chapter. It's not long. Okay, it's only 16 verses, so we won't be here all day. Lunch is just around the corner. All right? So, verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, this is Paul speaking, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Now, I will tell you this. He's going to talk about wisdom in this chapter. Okay. 
Verse 2, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. Isn't that awesome? So he's telling us, he says, look, God wants to work in you, but he wants you to be able to understand the wisdom of him. And so we have to be quiet. We have to be patient. Verse six. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. And so let's just pause there for a moment. He's talking about two kinds of wisdom now. Okay? He's talking about natural wisdom, the wisdom of this age, the wisdom of the natural world. And he said, to the mature, we don't pass on that wisdom. We pass on a different wisdom. Here it is. But, I mean, this is how he defines the world's wisdom. Okay? Verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Okay, so this is for us now. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, this is what he's saying. There's a wisdom that they were looking at, and when they saw Christ, they saw Christ in one way. And that wisdom, the natural understanding, led them to killing. That, that's the way in the wisdom of this world. Okay? But it backfired on them. Hallelujah. Verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. And a lot of people, a lot of churches will quote this and they'll say, you can't understand God, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying what they haven't seen, but then you got to go to verse 10. These things God has revealed to us. Everybody say to us. Through the Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So there's two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom of this world and there's the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. The wisdom of God. He continues in verse 10. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, if I say we, have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And so, I'm here to tell you, there's two sides to every story in your life. There's two sides to the coin that's in your pocket. There's the natural, but then there's the spiritual. There's the eternal. There's the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
And I'm telling you, if we will stay quiet and be patient and trust in the Lord, we'll begin to see the spiritual take place in our lives. It takes time. It's just life, okay? It takes more time for real truth to be revealed than the things of the world. The things of the world, you know, they spout out things and they don't even know what they're talking about, but they, they have thought it so much, they believed it so much that they think it's true even though it's wrong. Um, where are we at? What verse? Oh, verse 13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And so if we're born again, we are open to growing in the spiritual realm and receiving wisdom from God through the Spirit, through His Word. We're on, but... We have the ability to tap in to the things of heaven, to the things of God. We have the ability now to have his thoughts. Verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit, for they are folly to him. And he is not able, everybody said not able, to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Have you ever met somebody and they're not right? And they think they are. Don't be elbowing your spouse right now. He's saying that, look, When the world looks at your life and my life and what God is doing in it, it looks crazy to them. They don't understand. They can't understand it. Because they don't have the Spirit of God to be able to see what God is doing. So they can't see it. They can't understand it. They can't comprehend that there's a God factor in our lives. And so it messes them up. And they think that they're so wise, but they can't figure out what God is doing in your life. Because they're not able to understand because this is a spiritual thing. This is wisdom coming from the Holy Spirit, not from the natural man. Verse uh, 15. The spiritual person judges all things, but he is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, if I say we, but we have the mind of Christ. So think about for a moment what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us through Paul. And I want this to parallel with your life if you will, okay? If, if you're going through difficult things, if, if you've had things happen to you that you wished wouldn't have happened, 
I want us to parallel this with what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But I want to hone in on how they looked at Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is through Paul is telling us that when the world was rejoicing at the beating, at the betrayal, at the crucifixion, at the death, and at the burial of Jesus Christ, when they watched this unfold with great joy, they thought that they had won and that this Jesus wasn't really who he said he was, and now he was dead and gone. You see, in the natural, that's how they viewed this. In the natural, that's how, if you remember, if you go back and read the cross and, and everything leading up to the cross and how they mocked him, how they jeered him, how they thought he was stupid, how they thought he was the most ignorant person on the face of the earth, and why wouldn't he defend himself? Why do you remain quiet, Jesus? If you're the Son of God, come down. So he was tempted. And he didn't give in. And the world has seen it one way. The enemy and the world saw one thing in the natural. But do you know what God was seeing? He was seeing victory for us. He was seeing salvation for us. He was seeing healing for us. He was seeing redemption. Everything that we have as believers, that's how God was viewing what was taking place in the life of Jesus at that time. And so I want us to understand that if God did this for Jesus, he's doing it for us as well. There are two sides to your story. There's two sides to the process that God is working in you. And you may see it in the natural one way, but I'm telling you, if you will trust God and be quiet, God will begin to work spiritually in your life and you will see things in a totally different manner because God will transform you because I'm here to tell you during those times is when we draw close to the Lord and he begins to change us and transform us and we begin to become more and more like him. We begin to think like him. We begin to be quiet more often because we're understanding things from a spiritual realm, not just a natural realm. You know, things happen all the time in our life and we have a decision to make as believers. Are we just going to look at it in the natural or are we going to trust that God is working through it? Oh. Now you know why I couldn't sleep last night. And this is how crazy the world is. This, this is the part that I don't understand, except if they're so dumb because of their pride. Okay? This is what amazes me. God, in the Scripture, foretold all of this. He said this was going to happen. And they did it. God used the world to bring about salvation for us through Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, they knew this. The enemy was scared when Moses was born because he had heard that there was a deliverer coming. And, and, but Moses' life was spared. The same thing happened when Jesus was born. He got wind, something's up. And so he killed all the two-year-old Hebrew boys. 
But God, in his wisdom, Joseph, get up. Joseph didn't have time to get to the committee or anything else. Joseph got up, and he left, and he went down to Egypt, and Jesus was spared. And, and, you know, the awesome thing is, is they forgot about it by the time he got back. And then to see all the things that Jesus did, proving that he was the son of God, being born of a virgin, being born in Bethlehem. I mean, everything. And they knew it. And they still crucified him for us. Hallelujah. It reminds me of what uh, Joseph said to his brothers. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And I'm telling you, there's two sides to your story. It's not over yet. God is working in it. I would say that the world needed to understand Proverbs 18, 17. Because they were rejoicing in what they saw, but they didn't know what was coming. Can you imagine what they felt like when they began to hear that rumble and the stone got rolled away and Jesus came out? Can you imagine that? They're probably having their committee. Now, whose idea was it to crucify him? You know. While Jesus was being persecuted, hated, beaten, crucified, he stayed quiet and entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Jesus quietly waited patiently waited for the other side of the story to be revealed because he trusted in his father, our father. And I want you to know you can trust him as well. While they mocked him and ridiculed him and tempted him, Jesus remained quiet, waiting for the other side of the coin to be revealed for God's wisdom to shine through. And I promise you that will happen in your life as well if you will stay the course and remain quiet. And I, I shared it already, but I just want to remind you about it again. God's truth always takes more time to be revealed. But when it is, when it is finally revealed, it is oh so powerful. It has the ability to undo what the enemy has done in our lives. Just like what God did with the enemy, he has undone the, en the enemy's work in our lives when we give ourselves to Jesus Christ. I want to read out of John, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Um, you can turn with me to James chapter 1, though, because we're going to look there real quick. But in 1 John 3, 8, it says this. And this time I'm going to give you the whole thing. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. But the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Or for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Listen to this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And so whatever bad has happened in your life, whatever wrong, whatever injustice has happened in your life, if you will give your life to Christ and trust him and be quiet, 
God will vindicate you. Okay? He will begin to undo what the enemy did to you. Okay? But it takes time. Whatever we are going through, whatever we will go through in the future, we need to know that we can trust our Heavenly Father. We can trust His heart towards us. And we need to know that we don't have to defend ourselves, but instead we can simply entrust ourselves to Him who judges justly. In James chapter 1, we're almost done. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in dispersion. Greetings. Okay, dispersion. Let's look at that first. Paul uses that word because they were encountering difficulties, trials, persecution. So much so that they all scattered. Okay, so that's what the dispersion is. So we're not talking about a, uh, a great event here. We're not talking about them all coming together at the stadium and having revival. We're talking about them being persecuted. And so James addresses them, and then these are his first words of encouragement to them. You ready? Verse 2, count it all joy. In the midst of your being wronged, in the midst of your persecution, in the midst of your trials of various kinds, and trials is plural and kinds is plural, in the midst of all that, James says, wait a minute, count it all joy. How do you count it all joy when you're going through all of that? You have spiritual eyes to see and understand with, and not just natural. Hallelujah. He says in verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, just meaning mature, lacking in nothing. And then he says in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so there's two kinds of wisdom that we can walk in, either the wisdom of this world or the higher wisdom that comes from God. And James is saying, look, if you don't understand in the, in the spiritual realm what God is doing in the natural, ask him. He'll let you know. But he doesn't always let us know right away. I'll tell you that. It comes, but it comes in pieces because he's waiting for us to continue to trust him. It says that Jesus continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. If you will continue, God will make it right in your life. And then go with me to James chapter 3, please. James chapter 3. Verse 13, James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Isn't that awesome? And meekness is power under control. So he's saying with power under control of wisdom. Verse 14. <clears throat> he's talking to other people. 
it's just in here, but he's talking to other people now, all right? But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. And so James is telling us there's two kinds of wisdom. And he's saying that wisdom is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So it starts off just natural, and then it gets to unspiritual, and then it gets to demonic level. Okay? So there's a progression of evilness there. Verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. In other words, you'll start to do things you never even dreamed you would do. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above is, all right, this is amazing, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. And I can tell you, the world doesn't operate in that. They're not open to reason. All right. Full of mercy and good fruits. See, this is how you know you're tapping into the wisdom of God. You have mercy. The world, their mercy is, if you don't agree with me, I'm going to shut you off. I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to do whatever I can to stop you. That's not mercy. Is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace and so i just want to if you'll turn with me to john 15 just give you some thoughts because of the time that we're living in the wisdom of this world has risen up in boldness and it is making its statement against god and against the things of god but do not give in to it. What we see coming from the world is not pure. It's not peaceable. It's not gentle. It's not open to reason. It's not full of mercy and good fruits, impartial or sincere. And so do not be intimidated by the wisdom of this world as it rises up against the church, the Bible, God, and us. Don't. Don't be intimidated. Count it all joy. In John chapter 15, starting in verse 18, Jesus said this. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. (laughs) So if you're going to put that into practice, you have to understand when the world hates you, don't worry about it. Know that it hated him first. If they don't like the way you're doing things, don't worry about it. Know that they didn't like the way he did things first. Verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, say I'm chosen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Therefore, the world hates you because we're chosen. Hallelujah. Verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. 
And so in becoming like Jesus, trusting our Heavenly Father, that He is just and that He sees and He will reward us accordingly. We can trust the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can be quiet. We can remain still and be transformed to be His witnesses wherever we go. As we share communion together. And those that are going to help serve, come on up. May we receive it with a renewed trust that it, it is okay to be quiet, quiet while we trust, trust our Father to reveal both sides of the story. May we understand and receive this communion knowing God through Jesus Christ has removed our sins from us, cleansed us from our sins by the blood of Jesus. And this is our day of atonement. Every day. Not just a day, but every day. Hallelujah. And there's two sides to your story. And God isn't finished yet. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to do things a little different today. This is all together. The bread's up at the top. You know, what we had during COVID and stuff. We, got, we have to use these, so that's the way it is. They're going to pass out the elements. If you know Jesus Christ, you're welcome to participate. If you don't, we encourage you to just let it pass by with no judgment from us. Um, but if you'll wait until everybody has received, and then we'll receive it together.